Welcome to Psyched for Psychology, a Nystrom & Associates podcast. Our hosts, Michelle Iverson and Brett Cushing, are both licensed marriage and family therapists at Nystrom & Associates. Each week, they talk about all things mental health and therapy, and you get a chance to dive into specific psychology topics that help promote personal development and wellness. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle and Brett. Hello and welcome to another edition of Psyched for Psychology. My name is Brett Cushing and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Michelle Iverson, also licensed marriage and family therapist. And thank you all for joining us today. If this is the first time you are joining us, we are therapists and co-hosts of this podcast run by Nystrom & Associates. Nystrom & Associates is a premier mental health center with over 30 locations across Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Nystrom offers mental health services that include therapy, medication management, community-based services, substance use treatment, and more. You can learn more about us and our services by visiting our website at nystromcounseling.com. We also want you to know that our audio broadcast can be found on all major podcast platforms and episodes will be released weekly on Tuesday mornings. Our podcast has an email. It is podcast at nystromcounseling.com. That's podcast at nystromcounseling.com. Please go there because we would love to hear all of your feedback and comments and we'd like to hear your ideas for upcoming episode topics that you'd like us to be talking about. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about the concept of the five love languages. Uh, This is information actually based off of multiple books written by Gary Chapman. Uh, As therapists, and especially for those that like to do couples therapy, we tend to talk about these five love languages a lot with our clients, which makes us really psyched to talk about it with you today. What do you think has been like your favorite thing about doing this kind of work with your clients that you see? What I enjoy about it is that it is so remarkably applicable for mm-hmm. people. This is something that people can do. It, it doesn't get much easier. And that, that's the encouraging news for everybody that's listening. If we are intentional about mm-hmm. learning our love language and learning what other people's love language is and just applying the the principles here, it's incredibly easy to see relationships turn around just by being... Mm-hmm. A little bit more intentional. Absolutely. What I've really appreciated about it too is how often in communication things get lost in translation between anybody, not even just couples, uh, anybody that you care about. If we aren't quite on the same page or using the same language per se, a lot of things get missed. And probably one of my favorite things has been when we talk about these five love languages. There are so many moments in which I am working with a couple or a family, whoever it is, they recognize, I miss that. I miss that this was them saying, I love you, just doing it in a different way. Absolutely. One of the tragedies I see within couples counseling is that so often couples really do care about each other. And as you said, everything, all the intention, all the genuine love is simply lost in translation. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a true story. I was in France and I I stuck out like a sore thumb. I was with uh, a number of other Americans who are expatriates living in France. They could speak fluid French and they blended into the culture <laughs> and I stood out like a sore thumb and they were always a bit embarrassed by me and I, I just was learning and didn't really know a lot but I thought I knew enough I could go into this gas station and I'm gonna get something and I'm going to pay for it. And I'm going to do it all by myself. And so I went to the cooler, 
and I, I pick out like a coffee drink and there's a guy in the back and he's kind of yelling and screaming something to me obviously in French yeah and I just sort of smiled because I had no idea what <laughs> right. he is talking about I figured smiling is a universal language everyone can understand so I I smiled and I said oh, okay <laughs> and I just closed the door and so one of my friends came up to me and mm -hmm. asked, what the, What did the guy want? What was he saying? I said, well, how do I know? I don't speak French. So he went over and he talked to the guy through yeah. the door and the guy's in the cooler. And it turns out what the guy was actually saying was, I'm locked in the cooler. Please oh, no. get me out of here. No. <laughs> so I just smiled and said, yeah, okay. And I closed the door. You know, dumb American, <laughs> the guy's probably thinking. But it's kind of an illustration of how what you're talking about, yeah. things get lost in translation. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really, there's no intention other than, you know, we do really care about each other. Right. It's just, it just really shows how tragic it is mm -hmm. when things are lost in translation like that. Absolutely. So when we talk about these love languages, how do you tend to go about explaining to a couple, a family, what they are? Well, I like to first off explain what the uh, five love languages are, mm -hmm. and maybe I'll start with that and talk about why it, it's really you know important, and maybe you can kind of touch on that. But yeah. what is a love language? The idea is that we have this love language that we speak, and when other people speak it to us, we feel loved. And mm -hmm. there are other love languages that. I don't feel, right. and if somebody speaks that to me, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. Mm -hmm. But when there is this connection, uh, because people are speaking my love language, it's it's undeniable, it's mm -hmm. powerful. It's, it reminds me of something else. I saw on YouTube, my son was telling me, I think it was uh, titled, Guy Speaks Perfect Chinese. And yeah. there's this guy, I don't know who he is, but he can learn how to speak languages of, mm -hmm. uh, and, and cultures in like 30 days and right. then he goes into these cultures he went into Chinatown in New York and he stood out like a sore thumb and people are kind of snickering at him you can see the camera mm -hmm. but when he he started speaking fluent perfect Chinese there was this instant connection and people mm -hmm. wanted to go up and talk to him and it reminded me of these love languages and the connection and how powerful it is when people are speaking not just our native language, but our love language. Mm -hmm. So what are they? There are a number of love languages that we all speak them. I, we, some think we have one that's primary and maybe another one that's secondary. So the first one is words of affirmation. That's something I'll explain more about as we go. The second one is acts of service. The third one is receiving gifts and gift giving and quality time is another one. Mm -hmm. And then the last two are physical touch, and we're gonna follow up with what do we do then if people, if they don't have a love language match, what do they yep. do? So that's what we'll follow up with. Absolutely. So yeah, and we really want to emphasize that this is not just for couples. Love languages comes up a lot in couples counseling. Um, but I use this all the time, even just with family therapy. When I've got family members, parents, kids, siblings, whoever is having um, just difficulties in communication, we often will touch on this topic and we'll try to figure out what each person's love language is too, because that, that's love as well. And there's so many times in which family members don't realize 
that somebody within the family is trying to reach out and connect and show that other family member that they love them too. Such a good point. Absolutely. And that's, again, too, why we want to emphasize why this is so important to find out. It's really, really hard when things are getting lost in translation and we don't realize it. it it's a lot easier if we're speaking literal different physical or, uh, you know, literal different languages, you and me, right? Yes. If I was speaking English and you were speaking Mandarin, like, we could tell, <laughs> right? <laughs> we would be able to know that. But with the love languages, we're both speaking English, but we could really be losing on the fact that something else, something deeper is being communicated. In therapy, we actually call that metacommunication. It's a larger message that we're trying to send and receive from the people that we care about. And that's why love languages are so important to learn more about and to figure out how do we make sure that we are communicating them really well with the people we care. And one thing we can do to try to figure out what our love language is, is you could buy uh, Chapman's book, mm. The Five Love Languages, and there's a way you can assess it within there and learn more about this. Also, as we go through this, I believe you will intuitively have an idea of what your top mm -hmm. two love languages are. And if you really want to be daring, you can ask your partner, hey, mm -hmm. what do you think my love languages are? So yeah. we'll talk more about that sort of exploration at the end. Absolutely. So let's talk about each of these love languages and what they are. Do you want to start first, Brett? I do want to start, yes. And I want to start with the words of affirmation. This is one of my top love languages. This is the top. Mm -hmm. When I hear words of affirmation, I, I really feel valued and mm -hmm. loved. And that's really what we're talking about. It means that you're, you're hearing from somebody some encouragement, something valid that they do. You're sending some communication that they are appreciated. Yeah. Uh, if it's sort of, if I get a, an email that says, hey, great job on something, uh, I can feel my hormones bubble. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just, it's awesome uh, when I hear that. Absolutely. And so it's its really something that can actually change my mood and course for the day mm -hmm. when I can hear that. And it tends to be also the same love language I tend to speak mm -hmm. to other people. And we'll talk more <laughs> kind of like... Yeah, I might be doing that and assuming that's somebody else's love language. And it's not my wife's. Right. Hers is very different. And so she might be hearing words of affirmation from me and be thinking, well, what's really behind this? Or you want to go golfing this weekend? Or, you know, mm -hmm. what's the game you're playing? So uh, we also want to be aware that what our love language is, that tends to be what we tend to speak to other people. And it's not necessarily what other people are looking for. Absolutely. So if you're not a very verbal person, this might not be <laughs> the love language that you prefer the most. Right. I right. tend to be pretty verbal. Here I am doing a podcast, podcast. so <laughs> I tend to be pretty verbal, and uh, I want to uh, give that affirmation. Why? Mm -hmm. Because it means so much to me, mm -hmm. and I, so I know what this means to me when I get it, so I want to give it to other people, and it, it can be wonderful if that other person, it, that's their word, or, or that is their love language, is words of affirmation. Otherwise, there's going to be a disconnect. Absolutely. You know, for myself, too, I love words of affirmation as well, for all the same reasons that you've already noted. And one that I might struggle maybe a little bit more with would be the second one. So our second love language is acts of service. This one might be viewed by some people as... Um, well, somebody's just kind of just naturally doing something for me just because that's expected. 
say it's something that's expected in our relationship, within our family, we do things for each other. But for some people, that is literally their expression of love as well. A really, really great example of this that I always love to share is that idea of, say, like a dad. If he was going into his kids' room every single morning and say they tend to like to oversleep, not listen to their alarm clock and get up on time, he's just going in and not even doesn't even need to say anything, but just kind of like rubs their backs and tries to wake them up, right? Doing something mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. That could be that act of service. Or it could even be, you know, things as simple as like doing the dishes, right? Even if it's hard to do, even if you don't really don't want to do it, but I'm doing it because I care, that could be somebody's form and expression of love. So like giving somebody a massage or a foot massage could even be an act of service. It could be. And it could be a really good one for somebody who really likes acts of service and likes physical touch too, which we'll talk about at the end. Yeah, really good point. So there's lots of ways in which we might be meeting more than one love language through the things that we do, but acts of service and not to overgeneralize because that's not the case, but I do happen to see this one with a lot of dads. Like a lot of dads doing things for their kids tends to be for a lot of dads I've worked with in family therapy. They will see this one, this love language, as really being one that they like to do for their kids. And it's easier, I think, for dads because I think as a man, we are socialized towards action Mm -hmm. and not emotion. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's helpful and unfortunate at the same time. Right. And so I do think you're right that dads can really readily identify with this, like, hey, give me something I can do. Yes. Mm-hmm. So something to think about for us. Another thing to think about is the next love language, which mm-hmm. is receiving and, and giving gifts or gift giving. So what does this mean? This means that some people, when they receive a gift, mm-hmm. that's when they feel love. Now this yeah. one, I have no... <laughs> ability to really relate to because if I get a gift, I think, oh, that's nice, and I can forget about it. Right now, does that mean I'm being a jerk? No, it just means that's my wiring. Mm-hmm. And yet, for other people, that's how they're wired Absolutely. because they will look at it and think, wow, look at this person. Actually, they were thinking of me, yes. they went out of their way to get a gift for me, mm-hmm. and so it signifies a lot of what was going behind that act. Yep. And so it can be, it doesn't have to be extravagant, it doesn't have to be expensive, mm-hmm. it can be something very simple. It can be, yep. it could be a pack of gum, but then again, we got to be a little careful with that. We're not trying to say, hey, hint, hint, you need some <laughs> gum, right? It could be, you know, something as simple as uh, just giving someone a little a little trinket. I had somebody, I do sand tray therapy, mm-hmm. and they gave me a little extra figurines that I can do sand tray with, and mm-hmm. that cost them nothing, but they actually thought of me, and it actually did mean something. Absolutely. So it's super easy to, to do, and we, it doesn't have to be this really expensive thing. What we're showing people is that I've been thinking of you, Yes. and as I'm thinking of you, this is what's important to you. I realize that, and let me let me show this symbolically by giving mm-hmm. you this gift. And so again, it's that sense of connection that people mm-hmm. feel. 
we've got our next one, which is quality time. And I think this one's really hard to sometimes achieve in this day and age with our phones, because that will take away from the time we have with our loved ones. Because this one really emphasizes that word quality. It's not about the amount of time when somebody prefers this as their love language. They don't really care as much about the amount of time, although that can be important, but it really comes down to what are we doing in that time together? Are we focused on each other, right? Are we communicating? Are we spending our time giving our all and our attention to the other person? Or are we having that taken away by distractions like our phone? So for those people that really, really care about this quality time, that would be one thing that we'd be talking about and taking a look into is, how are we doing with trying to achieve some actual quality time with each other at home? That's a really good point. The phones are a big barrier for having quality time because quality time is about kind of this undivided attention. Mm -hmm. And quality time is is about, it can be about quantity of time. It can. It doesn't, I like how you highlight it, it doesn't have to be that either. And, and yeah. sometimes quality time can be time together and not even saying anything yep just being together and mm -hmm. sometimes it's uh, listening mm -hmm. and just listening to people is an incredible gift so it's tough mm -hmm. it's tough um, another one is physical touch now this one I don't think should be tough for people because it's mm -hmm. my other love language and that mm -hmm. kind of highlights how we approach our love languages we think right. because I have physical touch as my second top that well everybody would be kind of wired that way mm -hmm. and so if my wife isn't or if my kids aren't I might be thinking well why don't they hug me they obviously don't don't love me if they're not hugging me mm -hmm. and so notice how we can do that we mm -hmm. sort of project kind of like when we go into another culture we sort of project our cultural values on others and expect mm -hmm. other people to understand right and they just don't right we understand in a cultural setting because we know like oh this is a totally different culture but we forget with our partners with our kids that it's sort of like a cross-cultural experience mm -hmm. again and not everybody is wired for physical touch now yeah. that's beyond my comprehension and yet it's true mm -hmm. and so and now this doesn't have to be uh, full-blown um, having sex together. It, it's not what this is about. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people think. Yeah. Physical touch can be just a, putting your hand on somebody's shoulder in a reassuring way. Mm -hmm. It can be just touching their arm in a way and just saying, hey, I'm yeah. here with you. In fact, not even saying anything. Yeah. And just, you know, touching their arm, giving them a hug, mm -hmm. um, any kind of physical touch. For those of us that really don't resonate with this, uh, this physical touch love language, just as it's hard for me to understand how somebody couldn't mm -hmm. have this love language, for those that don't, it's hard to even understand the impact mm -hmm. that it has. Like, it doesn't take much. And that's right. the other thing I wanted to bring up is notice how easy this is. Mm -hmm. This is not hard to actually put your hand on someone's shoulder. Give mm -hmm. them literally a pat on the back. Back, yeah, absolutely. Or give them a hug. I mean... How much control do I have over that? Mm -hmm. If that's going to enhance my connection and mm -hmm. my partner feeling loved by me, I have 100% control over that in a very simple, simple mm -hmm. way. So that's kind of got us thinking, what do we do if there isn't a match in love languages? 
And we were thinking about all the times in which we work with our clients to help them to figure out first, what is your love language? Before we can figure out if there's a match or not, we have to figure out what they are. And so we're talking about some different examples of things that like we like to do with our clients to help them to find out. Yes. Well, one of the things I do with my clients is I share a true story of my wife and I. When we were first married, I bought her flowers. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited to bring her flowers because I thought, well, that's that's what husbands do. You Mm -hmm. give your wife flowers and show her I love you. And she, you know, I brought these flowers and she said, oh, thank you so much. And then I was like, cool, you know, I'm going to bring her more flowers. And so I, I brought her flowers again, and she said, oh, yeah, thanks. And then her kind of her face had fallen a little bit, and I was like, oh, does she not like these kind of flowers? So I went back out of the flowers again uh, a third time that I got her the first time. And she said, oh, yeah, and like, thanks. Um, how much are these? And I said, well, it doesn't matter. You're worth it, even though we're on a really tight budget. I'm in grad school still at this time. Sure. So then the last time I gave her flowers, uh, she said, oh, yeah, thanks. You know what? I don't need flowers. <laughs> and it was it was kind of hard for me to hear that. She was being so polite. She was, yeah. I, I mean, where's the, the affirmation that I need to feel loved, right? So I'm looking for that. Yeah. I'm looking for some, uh, not only words of affirmation, mm-hmm. but I'm looking for some physical touch, like, just like, oh, a hug or, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm looking for some affirmation that I'm hitting the mark here yeah. that she's feeling loved. I'm not getting that. <laughs> and I'm getting a little discouraged, right? And she's getting stressed because gift giving is not her thing. Mm-hmm. Gift, uh, quality time is, is her love language. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't getting that. Now, does that mean I didn't love her? No. no. No, no, and like the fact that I wasn't receiving the words of affirmation that mm-hmm. I so want, does that mean she doesn't love me? Absolutely not. No, that's Michelle. What I, mm-hmm. I I find so frustrating is that couples, they they really do love each other, mm-hmm. and as you said, there's this l- loss of having things lost in translation when we interact with each other, mm-hmm. and yet when we can start to speak each other's love language wow, things really change. Mm -hmm. So getting back to your question, how do we find out? Well, this is what I do with couples, and I find it's kind of fun. It is. I have them in my office, and we do kind of like the Rochambeau, you know, where you do the (laughs) with your hand, and you do like rock, scissors, paper. So I kind of do that, but we don't do rock, scissors, paper. I have them hold up a number uh, zero, we'll just keep your your fist clenched, to five, and they rate how well they're doing and speaking each mm-hmm. other's love language. So for instance, I might say to the guy, I might say, okay, we're gonna assess how well you think mm-hmm. your wife is speaking your love language, let's say of physical touch. Right. And then I'll ask the wife, now you are also going to rate how well you think you are in fact speaking his love language of physical touch. Mm-hmm. Now this is fun and you can have fun with it. And you just kind of go one, two, three, and then on three they both rate on a scale of zero to five how well that love language is being spoken and how much he's experiencing it. Now what's interesting is when there's a discrepancy. Like right. she might think, hey, I'm doing a four and he's got a one or a two. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of laugh because it's normal, but then we talk about it. Now we've got an opportunity to talk and say, all right, so let's talk more about this. Mm-hmm. What do you think you, you need more of? What does it look like for you to have physical touch? Mm-hmm. And 
she might say, well, I'm doing this or I'm trying to do that. Yeah. It's just missing the mark. Yeah. There's no judgment. It's just a matter of having this conversation. But first we're finding this baseline and we mm -hmm. kind of go both ways. And so then we kind of go with her and have, have uh, kind of an evaluation of how he's doing, speaking her love language. And it can be a lot of fun and really helpful to sort of get this benchmark of, okay, this is where we are. Now let's talk about, hey, what do you think, what do you need? How can I speak mm -hmm. your love language better? Better. And yeah. then continually meet and ask, all right, how did I do this past week? Now yeah. I tried to do this. Was that kind of hitting the mark or not? Right. So those are some things I try to do to help couples find out. And it makes it fun and informative. Yeah. I like to do this uh, kind of fun, turn it into a game for families. When I've got a family that I know, we really mm. need to figure out our love languages within the family. We've got some really helpful um, information from Gary Chapman on how to translate uh, the more kind of traditional love languages for couples, how to translate that into more uh, kind of kid-friendly versions, if mm -hmm. you will, for families. But I like to turn it into a game. If you've ever worked with me, um, you really know that I really encourage family game night. And it's not just about you know playing games and having fun. A big piece of that is communication and connection. And we're constantly building in therapeutic tools into that game night. And I've had families do love languages as a game night before. Wow, well, I love and that. And we turn it into a game and we figure out how we learn about all the languages and each family member has to guess what they think the top one or two might be for each person. And without a doubt, I don't think I've ever had a time where everybody guessed right. Mm. <laughs> we always had family members really be kind of shocked and surprised sure. at what each person assumed and what they really realized what was actually happening, um, what their actual love language was. And for especially the teenagers, I feel like sometimes are really um, often surprised at realizing, oh, that's like how my mom or my dad was really trying to communicate their right. love to me. Yeah, that's. Yeah so helpful because it highlights again just things that are lost in translation there's no intentionality towards hurting one another mm -hmm. and isn't it ironic and tragic i'm trying to love somebody and yet they're actually getting hurt mm -hmm. and then what i see happen within families and within couples is then we get defensive mm -hmm. uh, which we talked about we one talked of our other podcasts yes. right uh about the four horsemen and so we get defensive uh so what do we do then? Like, how do we help each other understand this? I love mm -hmm. the game night, and yeah. sometimes we just need to be assertive. And yeah. this is really super easy. We think of being assertive as kind of a scary thing. Yeah. But think about it. Do you ever have somebody scratch your back, mm -hmm. and they're like missing the mark? <laughs> yes. And it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> you're like, no, 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 up to the left a little more. And they go up like just an inch. And they're like, no, 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 up higher. I need you to go higher than that. And over to the left. And then they go like way over to the left. You're like, no, no, no. Like over to the right a little more. And notice how we can be very assertive, right? No, no, I need you to do this. No, can you go this way? And what's cool is when they hit that spot, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, right there. Don't stop, right? That's what we need to do. Mm -hmm. And we have no trouble when someone's scratching our back, being right. assertive, say, no, no, I need you to go here, and I need you to go there. And we're, we're being very specific, and mm -hmm. that's really helpful. Like, hey, I really need, when I'm talking about words of affirmation, I just need mm -hmm. you to be able to say, I'm really proud of you. Right. And so it's super simple 
we just need to be assertive. And what's mm-hmm. really interesting is that w- just like in that back scratch, when people hit that sweet spot, we're like, yeah, and don't mm-hmm. stop. And that's what's so cool about this is when couples actually do this and they're hitting that sweet spot, speaking each other's language, their love language, there's this response of, yeah, that's it, don't stop. And when couples can continually do this without stopping, it's a transforming thing within mm-hmm. marriages. And it sounds very simple because it is, and mm-hmm. it just takes ongoing intentionality and being assertive with each other. Yeah. And what we kind of find too is that sometimes when we don't quite have a match in love languages and before we've really kind of done the work to learn what they are and to be assertive and ask for what we need, there's a lot of times in which people experience rejection. It feels like rejection. It does feel like it. Without, again, without the person, if we don't know love languages, if I don't know, right, that physical touch is preferred for my partner. I feel like that one I see the most often Mm -hmm. um, in that then the person who really does appreciate and prefer that physical touch are feeling rejected. And nobody wants their partner to feel rejected. Yeah. I mean, nobody does. And I remember I came across some research once that was talking about how most of the the things that we find hurtful and invalidating Mm -hmm. from other people, it was never really intended. The vast Mm -hmm. majority of experiences we have where we feel invalidated by somebody else were non-intentional. And so maybe that's another takeaway today is just remember that our partners are not intentionally trying to hurt us. And yet Mm -hmm. that's hard to believe Mm -hmm. when I'm experiencing that hurt. It, mm-hmm. it almost feels like, and I want to conclude, this was intentional. Like, they just don't love me anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't care anymore about me. And we need to be very wary of that. Absolutely. So we want to try. Once we do get that opportunity, like from listening to this podcast today or checking out Gary Chapman's book, one of the biggest takeaways is first we have to learn what they are. Uh, we have to know why it's important to learn what they are. And I think we've covered that pretty well today. Mm-hmm. And then we just have to try. You're not going to be 100%, right? If I know that I've got a different love language than my partner, I'm probably not going to be doing it 100% of the time. But every time that you can intentionally find a way, you know what? I can pat their back today, right? We can hold hands. Um, I can share with them a little bit and talk about how much I love them and care about them and what I appreciate about them. If I can find all of those different ways to incorporate these love languages, whether it's on a daily or weekly basis, the more I can do it, the more that they are going to actually receive that message that is not going to get lost in that translation because now you're speaking yeah. the same thing. And, you know, another thought I had as I was listening to you, Michelle, was when somebody is actually speaking your love language when you find that and you experience mm-hmm. that from your partner let them know yes and, and give let them, them feedback. Know. Yeah, give them feedback say hey thanks you know when you did this that really meant a lot to me mm-hmm. i really appreciate that now notice we do that again like with the back scratching You're like yes. oh thanks you know and we yes. let people know my son just gave me a, a back rub last night i was like oh dude thanks that was awesome right when we're experiencing somebody speaking our love language, mm-hmm. let them know, and that reinforces them. They'll know, like, hey, cool, this is working. They're going to be more motivated to do it. Absolutely. We're going to create something called a positive feedback loop. The more that I want to see you doing this for me, I'm going to let you know, <laughs> right? And let you know by saying that I appreciated that I really loved. Yeah, and helps me to feel loved. 
Yeah. Yeah. Good. So again, thank you all so much for joining us today. Uh, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to our Psyched for Psychology podcast. We love new episodes being released every Tuesday morning. You can find us now on any major podcast streaming platform, and you can follow us for our new episodes. We look forward to joining you again real soon, and we look forward to hearing from you. Your comments are always welcome. You can email us your comments at podcast at nystromcounseling.com. That's podcast at nystromcounseling.com. And let us know any ideas you have for future topics that you would be psyched to hear us talk about. Again, you can also learn about Nystrom & Associates and all of our available mental health services by going to nystromcounseling.com. Thanks again for joining us. We're psyched to talk to you again real soon. Thank you as always for listening and please be sure to leave us a review. While this podcast can't be a replacement for therapy, we hope you enjoyed our discussion today and join us again next time. Nystrom & Associates is always available to those who are struggling. If you find yourself in need of support and help, please check us out at nystromcounseling.com.